Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Pastor Bob Simons and the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast coming to you live from Dickinson, North Dakota. If you're listening online uh, right now, this is uh, 
April 14th. I was just doing my taxes. And so um, this will be on the podcast later. But um, just uh, going to start the program out. I just got a prayer request here, and I, I think we'll just pray for it on the air. My, my daughter-in-law and one of my grandbabies is at the Ronald McDonald House, and she texted out a prayer request for a, a, a baby, Mary, that's six months old, who had a, um, a bone marrow transplant for Hurler syndrome a month ago and is in ICU with pneumonia and a brain bleed. Lord Jesus, we ask you to touch this little baby. I just pray, God, that you'll heal her. Lord, I pray that you'll bring her through this. Pray for her parents tonight, that you'll just touch them. In Jesus' name. Well, I haven't started out a show like that just yet, but I, um, I, I'm, that sounds like an emergency situation. Good to have everybody that's listening tonight that's texted me so far. You can text me by on this program by, by 701-290-7862, or you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. We've got uh, Dave and Lauren listening to Fargo. Uh, we've got Becky and Regina listening from home. Uh, the Schulers are listening up in Grafton. And uh, we've got Sierra Bodwin listening tonight down in Arkansas. And so, so far, that's that's about it. Just four listen, listening tonight, and I'm sure we'll get a lot more. We've got a radio show that um, I think will be simple, but it'll be informative. It's something I spoke about in our church service today. Very simple concept. I just want, Abe, we're going to just title this Rahab. That's what the title will be on this program. And... Um, we're going to talk about the what grace really is and what grace really isn't. Got a brand new guitar. I might be doing some singing tonight. I'm not, I don't know if I'll let Abe play and sing this or not. I might be the first guy on the radio to do this, but it's a breed love guitar. It's really got a nice sound to it. I just my wife and I took off for a few days. We were in um, went down, flew into the Cincinnati airport, went to see Noah's Ark and the Creation Museum. We're able to be in church with a, a Ron Tiller down in Carrollton, Kentucky, and he had asked me to speak there, so that was an honor for me. And then we, um, my wife and I went to uh, Gatlinsburg, Tennessee after that. And so it was a kind of a fast trip, but we had a blast and made it back for church. And um, But we are glad to be on the radio tonight. Uh, we want to say hello to Stormy from the Philippines. The Lomans are listening north of Belfield. Some Lomans listening down by New England. Some Millers listening out in Golva. Zach and Leah are listening out in Fargo. The Torres family's tuning in from Fargo. Good to have all of you guys tonight. I'm going to get right into my broadcast. And as I said, I brought my brand new guitar in the studio, so I might be singing a little bit tonight too. In James chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, we'll start here. It says this, You see then how... That by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Likewise, also also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I'm going to talk about Rahab on our broadcast tonight. I want to just um, talk about her. I want to talk about grace tonight. And um, it's not probably not going to be what you think. Uh, You're going to think because Rahab was a prostitute that God showed grace to her, and that's absolutely true. But it's how the grace showed up that I want to talk about and how the grace was applied that I want to talk about. If you don't know this story, 
It's in Joshua chapter 2. It's a story about how Joshua sent two spies in to spy out Jericho, the city of Jericho. And these two spies came into Jericho secretly, and a prostitute hid them. They went into her house. She hid them. And um, and the king of Jericho found out that she hid them, or found out they had men there, and sent messengers to her, say, bring out the men that came, they're spies. And she said that they're not here anymore, even though she had them hiding in her house. The um, After the king, she'd sent the king's men on a wild goose chase to try to find these guys. They were still in town, but they had, she had told them they had left a different way. Um, they told her, she said, have mercy on my family and I. And they told her, uh, they they said, this rope that you let us out of your window by to help us escape, that rope, that scarlet rope, if you leave that hanging out of your window, we'll tell everybody when we come to conquer this city not to mess with you. And so, um, and that's exactly what she did. She, she uh, when Israel came to attack Jericho, she gathered her family into this house, and she had this red rope hanging outside the window, and that was the sign that that was her house and that they should leave her alone. What a chance, what an opportunity Rahab had when she met these spies. Rahab was, according to the scripture, a harlot, a prostitute. And I'm going to bring out in this radio tonight that God doesn't care what you've been, but he really does care about what you're going to do with the message that he brings to you. That's what he cares about. You know, this lady, this Rahab, if you follow it down, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time here, but if you follow it down after she was saved, after she was spared, apparently later married a Jewish man, and she became the great-great-grandmother of King David and also is listed in the book of Matthew in the genealogies, the, the descendants of Joseph, the... Um, not the father of Jesus. We know Jesus didn't have an earthly father. He was born of a virgin. But but anyway, um, this woman became very, very well known after this story. But it does seem unlikely from her beginnings that, that this would happen. But this program tonight, we're going to be talking about, and I'll tell you, I'm going to just keep saying it over and over. I'm going to keep re-saying it. But what we're talking about is the grace of God is the message to you how to get right with God. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is the message, the warning, the invitation. The grace of God is the telling of the story of Jesus' crucifixion for you. That is the grace of God. This radio broadcast could be the grace of God to you because without knowing what to do to be saved, You cannot be saved. And so the grace of God brings the message of God to us. That's going to be our broadcast tonight. Text me, 701-290-7862. We'll be coming right back after this song.
believe Ought not Christ to suffer And enter his glory And I for the 
Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you for the texting today. And uh, you can be part of this program by texting me, 701-290-7862, coming to you live from Dickinson, North Dakota. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church right on Interstate 94. And we are, um, um, our next service is Wednesday night at 730. And we would love to see you come and be there. 501 Elks Drive. Uh, hello to Connor. Hello to um, Grace from North Carolina. Sister Brett's up in Kildare. Hello. Carl and Jeannie are listening from Michigan tonight. And uh, my wife and I were able to spend a little time with them. And uh, down they had come to see us when we were on our little trip. So that was neat to see them. Tonight I'm talking about what grace for the harlot Rahab really meant. You know, Rahab was was in her city, and a opportunity presented itself to her, an opportunity to survive in a city that was going to be judged, just like this world is going to be judged, and we have an opportunity when we hear the gospel. But I want you to know that the grace that was offered to Rahab had much to do with the message that she heard and also her response to that message. And I believe that all of us that are listening tonight have an opportunity to do something with the message of deliverance from destruction that God is sending our way. If you are just tuning into this, my, my hopes have always been for this radio show that you'd be driving in Dickinson listening to the radio. This is just an AM radio station. It's not a Christian radio station. And uh, hopefully you're just listening to this radio and you and I have a rendezvous tonight where you can hear the truth of the Acts 2.38 message. There's so much misinformation about the grace of God. Some people believe, many people believe, that the grace of God means that God will just overlook your sin, and it doesn't matter how you live, it doesn't matter how you keep sinning, it doesn't make any difference. They think that's what the grace of God is. That's not the grace of God. The grace of God is God revealing to you a message of how you can get out of it. That's the grace of God. And then as the song that Abe just played, the next step is up to you. Jude verse 4 said that even in those days they were turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, which means they were taking the concept of grace and turning it into something that it was not. Paul mentioned the same thing in the book of Romans when he said, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. In other words, grace isn't given to us as a free ticket to sin. Grace is given to us so that we can escape sin. It's just the opposite of that. And grace becomes available to us when we hear the word of God. Romans 10.14, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The grace of God is the warning to repent. The grace of God is the invitation to come to Jesus. That's what it is. Simply, that's what it is. Over and out. See you next week. No, I've actually got more time, but I've already told you the whole program. The grace of God is the warning. Like, Like, you know, I was 20 years old, living my life, didn't know anything about the grace of God. And through a series of events, God showed me his plan 
for not only my life, but the plan of salvation for all of us when I was 20 years old. And that was the grace of God extended to me, but it didn't save me until I did something about it. When you think about the Old Testament prophets, you know, you think about Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Joel, Habakkuk, uh, Micah, uh, Nahum. You, you think of uh, Malachi. All these Old Testament prophets were warning the people to turn back to God. Why? If God hated them so bad, he would have just destroyed them without a warning. But the warning was the grace of God. In other words, God said, you're in trouble. You need to turn around. That's the grace of God. But let me tell you this. If you don't turn around, you will not see the grace of God fulfilled in your life. This is very, very simple stuff. When Jonah came to Nineveh, he he preached, in 40 days, God will destroy this city. That was his message of grace. Now, people say, well, that doesn't sound like much of a message. But it was an extremely good message because it caused the people to turn from their sins, cry out for forgiveness, and God forgave the city. He didn't destroy the city like he said he was going to. Is there any other conclusion you can come up to in the story of Jonah than that God loved the people of Nineveh, wanted to forgive them, and he sent Jonah there to warn them that if they didn't straighten out, they'd be destroyed? That's the reason Jonah was so upset at the Lord, because Jonah did not want the people of Nineveh. The Ninevites had been very cruel to Jonah's people. But he didn't want to preach a message of grace to, to, to Nineveh because he was afraid God would forgive them. You see, in America, this idea that God's grace means that we can just sin every day, we can just keep doing the same things over and over and over again, and that somehow God will just absorb that. And any church that teaches otherwise is a church that people call judgmental. Well, um, we're, we're a church that loves people, but we love people so much that we're going to tell you how to get saved, how to stay saved. You see, our, many Americans are looking for something called acceptance, by God. They're not looking for grace. You see, there is this false teaching out there that God will accept everybody and let them stay the way they are. But that's not true. You can come to God the way you are, but he doesn't he's not going to let you stay the way you are. He's going to he's going to let you grow and and become better. You know, this idea that, that, you know, it's just who I am. You know, I'm just a drug addict. I'm just a homosexual. I'm just a whatever. Well, you can come to God as a drug addict. You can come to God as a homosexual. But I'll tell you this. When you hear the grace of God calling in your life, you know, you know this, this idea that... Um, that people, let me just say this, true grace must include how to be made right with God. It must include that or it is not grace. What if, what if these spies would have come to Rahab and told her, Rahab, um, 
Jesus loves you, or you know, or, or Jehovah loves you, maybe they could have said that, but did not tell her what she needed to do to be saved. Rahab would have died with the rest of Jericho. The message of grace was telling her to put the scarlet rope outside the window. People that don't bring this to your attention are people that are not even on the radar of grace proclaimers. <laughs> it is not grace to tell people that you are accepted by God the way you are. That's not grace. You know, Genesis 4-7, the Lord told Cain, he said, If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? Acts 10.34, Peter told Cornelius, he said, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, verse 35, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. And so, number one tonight, the opportunity that came to Rahab was grace. And the opportunity that came to me when I was 20 years old to respond to the gospel that was God's grace. You see, but the next step was up to me. You know, um, there is a, uh, um, and, and, and tonight I'm going to bring this to a, a head. I want to I bring it to a head. You need to take advantage of the opportunity of grace. When Rahab heard what the spies had to say, she believed she did something about it, and she obeyed the plan that was given to her. In Joshua 2.21, it says, they, de they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Why? Because it was her only hope to be saved. You know, uh, your response to the gospel is so important. If you won't respond to the gospel... Um, if you won't respond by obeying God, there's nothing that God can do, even though he loves you so much. He wants you to respond to the gospel. When I think of, when I think of, the, uh, of the 12 disciples, and of course we know that Judas turned his back on Jesus, and, uh, and Judas uh, died. He, he, it, he died away from Jesus. But you think about Judas and you think about you think about Peter and what what was the difference between Judas and Peter? Peter denied the Lord also. But Peter waited. He didn't give up. And the grace of God came to Peter when Jesus came to him. Tonight I, I um Brought, as I mentioned, I brought brought this new guitar. Boy, does it sound sweet too! Text me tonight. Here's an old song. That nobody knows, but uh, I didn't write it. But uh, I really like it because it has a little message. It's just called "Fork in the Road." Hello, Judas, you poor old fool. I guess you didn't understand. Never did know what the teacher was doing. All across the land Yeah, so hung up on your own desires That you never took time to see All in the world that he was a-doing Was a-trying to set you free 
So you ratted old Judas and you took your silver and you thought you were doing great. And when you got sorry, you turned in your money and you found it was too late. Well, you never understood the wherefores and you never understood the whys. Go along, Judas, down the my way highway, down to your own demise. Go long, Judas, you're a man on your own. Go long, Judas, you can die all alone. Go long, Judas, cause you never did understand what the teacher was doing in the land. Go long, Judas, you're a man on your own. Go long, Judas, you can die all alone. Go long, Judas, move your feet right on down that Ego Street. I said to go down to your potter's field. Go, Judas, I'll watch you die, Judas. But, oh, my friend, won't you stop right here? There's a fork in the road. Don't think you want to get lost. One way leads to a potter's field. The other way leads to a cross. Stop right here, there's a fork in your road Don't think you want to get lost One way leads to a potter's field The other way leads to a cross I said stop right here, there's a fork in your road Don't think you want to get lost One way leads to a potter's field, the other way leads to a cross. The message is the grace of God. And today there's a message that Jesus loves you, died on a cross for you. But for you to get that grace in your life, you're going to have to respond to it. This is the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Abe's going to play a little bit of music. Who knows, I might let him play this guitar tonight, you just never know.
we're talking about tonight amazing grace his grace comes to us as a message and we have to respond to that message thank you for everybody that's texting me tonight and um got paul down in wapiton saying he wants me to sing the very first song i wrote i might do that um uh one-armed dave said i sound tired <laughs> maybe i am tired i you know i got we got home really late from this trip and then we had church this morning and I had to start on my taxes this afternoon, and I didn't even get hardly started. And so my my um, it's going to be a late night for Pastor Pastor Bob. We've got um, Helen listening tonight. We've got brother and sister Gubrud listening. We've got some Ben Simon's family are listening. Yvonne down in Bowman is listening. If you want to be part of the program, text me two nine zero seven eight six two. Glad that you're listening. Tonight, we're talking about what grace really is. Grace of God is the message of salvation. That's the grace of God. In Hebrews 11 and verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now, my wife and I just came back from a a replica of the ark down in Williamstown, Kentucky, and it's supposed to be um, the same size that the real ark was made. It, it was huge. It really was. Three floors uh, certainly could have held lots of animals. And um, and that was very, uh, uh, very, very interesting and very, very sobering to think of that flood and to think about the whole world being destroyed. But I want you to think about the grace of God. The Bible said Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But in Hebrews 11:7 it said, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, preparing an ark to the saving of his house. So the grace of God did not build the ark. And the grace of God, uh, Noah, was part of his salvation. Boy, that's going to go over bad with some of you people. Some people, Abe, think that, that grace, we have nothing to do with the grace of God. That's what they think. If that was true, everybody would go to heaven because God's will is that everybody is saved. If it's God's will that everybody is saved, none should perish, but that all should come to repentance, why is anybody going to hell? 
Well, I'll tell you why. Two reasons. Number one is they've never heard the grace of God or they've heard it and rejected it. In Noah's day, the grace of God lit a fire under Noah and he started building an ark. The Bible says the grace of God caused fear in Noah. He moved with fear. He heard the world was going to be destroyed. He believed it. He had faith. And then he did something about it. This is what grace is all about. That's why, um, to me, to tell you to get right with God, to show you how to get right with God, which I'm going to do in this radio show. I'm, I'm not going to leave you hanging. But I'm building this up because I want you to know that that you, if you don't know how to be saved, I'm a pretty lousy grace preacher. If I don't give you the way to get out of the building that's on fire, I'm not much of a loving person. Now Romans 6 verse 17 says, But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Notice here, if they wouldn't have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that Paul brought them, they'd still be the servants of sin. See, it's our response to the gospel that works with the gospel to save us. You are a candidate to be accepted by God if you obey from the heart that form of doctrine that is delivered to you. I want you to notice it does not matter what Rahab had been. According to the scripture, she was a harlot, a prostitute. That didn't mean anything to God. The only thing that means anything to God is if is what you're going to do with the message that God gives you. What will you do with God's message of grace to you? Now, as I said, um, we know what it takes to be saved. God's message of grace, the gospel, is that, that Jesus Christ came into this world and died on a cross in our place, took our sins, so that we would not have to be judged for them. That's the good news. And how we get that applied to our lives is found very concisely and simply in the book of Acts. Chapter 2 and verse 38. In Acts chapter 2, we read a, 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 it's basically, much of the chapter is a sermon, Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, which is the very first day of the Christian church. He preached a sermon about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He looked at these people he was preaching to and said, with wicked hands, you've crucified the Lord of glory. Now, those people that were listening, it was not their hands that did it, but it was their sins that did it. The Romans were the ones that crucified him. But he said by wicked hands, he means that it was their sins that made Jesus go to the cross. And they were so troubled by Peter's words in Acts chapter 2, that in verse 37 they interrupted Peter's preaching and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This, this message of grace, this is the message of grace. 
when you hear that Jesus died for you on the cross, your response to that, just like Rahab's response to the spies, was to hang a a red uh, cord down from her window. Our response when we hear the messengers come to us and tell us about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, our response is to repent of our sins. That means to be sorry for our sins, to ask God for forgiveness for our sins, and to turn from our sins, to change our mind about our sins. That's what repentance means. And then the Bible said to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And a water baptism tied with repentance works for the remission of sins. I've done countless radio shows on this. Um, You that are listening to me that do not believe baptism is part of salvation, uh, you have no grounds for that belief in the Bible. Just that verse alone, Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Repentance and baptism work together. As you'll find when you study the scripture, there were no babies that were baptized in the scripture, but people that had repented, that had turned away from their sins, were baptized. The word baptized means to immerse. And I have to say that in this area that we live in, because there are many, the predominant churches in this area, and our church is growing to be one of the predominant churches. In fact, if Sister Morgan's listening, how many did we have in church today? It seemed like a bunch. But but there, there is uh, many churches in this town that don't baptize at all. They sprinkle, and sprinkling is not baptism. It's not. And then Peter said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is, uh, this is very similar to what's found in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9, where it says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Like the whole town of Jericho, if you're tuning in late, some of this won't make sense because I've been talking about Rahab and Jericho. But the whole town of Jericho was unrighteous. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, this is a broad heading for sexual sin, nor idolaters, this is people that worship statues or possibly rock stars or maybe um, film stars or whoever, nor adulterers, this is... This is a particular type of, of sexual sin between married people. Nor effeminate. This is a, this is a, a, a sin of, of, um, of, of the blending of the sexes. Uh, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. This is homosexuality. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Rahab, you're not going to heaven until you hear about the grace of God. And verse 11 of this scripture in 1 Corinthians 6 says, And such were some of you. But you are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Washed, sanctified, and justified have everything to do with repentance and baptism and by the Spirit of our God. This, this uh, topic tonight is uh, something I feel very, very strongly about. The grace of God is the message itself. It's the invitation. 
the grace of God where Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the grace of God. But unless you come, unless you do something, like in Noah's case, he moved with fear and he built an ark. Incredible. Um, I'm thinking Noah, you know, we think of some of the supermen of the Bible, maybe like we try to think of Samson or Gideon or some of these people that did an amazing thing. Gideon with his 300 men. You read that story a little closer and you'll find out it wasn't just the confusion that destroyed the Midianites. But after the Midianites were confused and started killing each other, Gideon and his 300 men found huge groups of them and killed them. Just his 300 men. And so Gideon was one of the superheroes, but maybe of all the superheroes in the Old Testament, Noah must have been one of the greatest to build this boat in 120 years. That sounds like a long time, but this boat is huge. But the grace of God did not build the boat. The grace of God warned Noah about a flood and told him to build a boat. You see, this is so um, crucial that we understand this. You know, um, I'm going to let Abe do some announcing. And um, the um, we did not send a record in church today. We had a good crowd there, but we last Sunday we set a record in church. I was so excited about that. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast coming to you live from Dickinson, North Dakota. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church. You can visit our church on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock a.m. We have Sunday school. At 11 o'clock a.m. we have our worship service. Um, The address to our church is 501 Elks Drive. That's the New Life Pentecostal Church. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. Um, And you're welcome to come and visit our church. If you would like to visit a Pentecostal church, there's in Beulah, North Dakota, there's a Truth Community Church in Beulah. The address is 223rd Street Northwest. They have Sunday morning service at 10.30 and Wednesday um, night service at 7 o'clock. That's the Truth Community Church in Beulah. Um, also, we have an, a daughter work church in Beach, and uh, they have a service there every Tuesday night at the Beach Community Center at 7.30 p.m. And also in Bowman, there's a service every Thursday night at the Cornerstone Apostolic Church in Bowman. The address to that church in Bowman is 18 North Main. Um, if you'd like more information, you can contact Brother Simons. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com, or you can call or text him. His cell phone number is 701-290-7862. All right, Abe, and um, we've got uh, Brother Griffith tuning in late tonight, and um, we've got um, Justin... Tuning in, we've got, um, let's see, who else? Pastor Mike Chuppy. He said, hey, hey, back to you. Good, I'm glad you're listening. The, um, just uh, got some questions that I can't really answer right on air here just yet, but uh, maybe I'll answer them off, offline afterwards. 
Pastor Simons is not saying that we save ourselves. Okay? Um, we know that it's the blood of Jesus. Romans 5, 8, 9, God commendeth his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. But that same Bible says we're justified by God through faith. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said we're justified by our words. Uh, Matthew twelve thirty seven says, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And as the scripture I started out with tonight says, We're justified by our works, like Rahab was. Likewise, James two twenty five. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out the other, another way? And then I just read how we're justified by the name of Jesus and by the Spirit of our God, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. And so we are justified in all those ways. But the one way I'm talking about tonight is being justified by our response to the gospel, to the message of the grace of God. You know, this this um, is simple stuff, but, but the grace of God has been confused. Uh, there is a weird twist that's being taught. And, and I call it greasy grace. In other words, you just live whatever way you want to live, and God's just going to let it all go. He doesn't care. See, that's not it. And I know I've been saying the same things over and over throughout this whole pro- program. And I'm not apologizing to it at all, for it at all, because this is a very profound point. That the grace that Rahab received was the grace of the message the grace of the knowledge, the opportunity for her to do something about it. What are you going to do with the grace of God? What are you going to do with it? You know this. This is this is the uh, this is this next step. Really, truly, is up to you. You know, um, I changed my mind, Abe. You're not going to get to play and sing today. The um, the. Uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this little song out to Paul, and uh, this is a little song. I think it was the first song I ever wrote. Uh, uh, how would you know this, Paul? But anyway, it's just a little chorus. Lord, you were my creator. Lord, you are my savior. Lord, you are the reason that I sing. Oh, Lord, you become my everything. Lord, you were my creator. Lord, you are my savior. Lord, you are the reason that I sing. Oh, Lord, you become my everything. You're my everything. You're my everything. You're my everything.
everything. My good friend, Pastor Mike Chuppie, is listening tonight from our Bismarck Church. And he uh, was exposed to this gospel message when he was a young man by somebody he worked with at a radio station. But he didn't do anything with it. And many years went by. And then he was diagnosed with cancer. And, and it was the cancer that caused him to turn to Jesus. And um, see, this is the grace of God. The grace of God is not, um, you, know, you know, on your seventh marriage since you become a Christian. Well, just living by the grace of God. No, that's not it. The grace of God tells us what to do, tells us how to straighten our lives out, tells us how to live right. The grace of God teaches us. You know, um, Matt Ramsey, who's a occasional co-host on this program, texted me that scripture, and I did have it in my notes, Matt, but I'll have to I'll have to read it now that you texted it me, texted it to me. But it says the grace Titus two eleven, for the grace of God that it bringeth salvation, hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness, worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. You know, I'm uh, going to finish the broadcast off with maybe a couple different songs tonight. One, the last one, maybe one I wrote. But this, um, this, this grace of God to know, really, this is, sounds so weird living in America, and I know that my ears must have heard it before that. But I was 20 years old before I heard the story of Jesus dying for me on the cross. I was 20 years old. Now, I hear again, I know if my mom's listening, she'd say, well, Bob, you had to know it before then. I might have heard it, Mom, but I never heard it. I never really heard it until I was 20 years old. That Jesus took my place on the cross. Lost like a little child, helpless as a baby. Searching desperately to find someone who could save me. Then along came from out of nowhere, more precious than the light of day. You gave me something no one could take away. When you took my place, took my place. Chained like a prisoner from the day that I was born. Banned like a criminal for the things that I had done. And along came from out of nowhere, more precious than the light of day. You gave me something no one could take away. Yeah, when you took my place, took my place. I should have been the one who was crucified. And I should have been the one. Who suffered and died Then along came from out of nowhere More precious than the light of day You gave me something no one could take away When you took my place Took my place Took my place Took my place place. 
You know, there's only one more step sometimes that you need to take to get right with God. It's a little song I wrote years ago and I sang it in church today. But it goes along with this message about God's grace. What are you going to do today with the grace that God sent us? There once was a young man who was far from his home found himself feeding pigs he was reaping what he'd sown of his father's house and his love he would sit and dream and how to get back home how hard that first step seemed one step at a time one small step that day it started him on a journey to the place from where he'd come with one step he heard his father say welcome home my son There was a rich young ruler who came to Jesus one day. He asked him, Lord, what must I do? I'll do anything you say. Jesus looked at him and said, There's one more step you need to take. The rich man walked away. It was a step he couldn't seem to take. One step at a time. One small step, he walked away. Is there one thing today the Lord is asking you? Take that step, it'll be the best thing that you ever do. Could there be someone in this place God's been leading by His grace? You've walked with him a certain way, but you heard more truth today. What will you do, my friend, with the truth that he did send? Today it's one step more. Hurry, for he closes the door. One step at a time. One small step today Lord Jesus I'm asking for everyone here to see that one step can bring them to you in eternity Lord Jesus that is my prayer tonight God that they would take everyone that's listening God they would take the step that you've shown them that the grace of God could be in force in their life. Lord, by obedience to your word. Lord, I just pray. God, help us today. Lord, I, I'm just coming against all this false idea about grace. But God, how really grace is just answering the command that you've given us. That's what it is. And we're thankful for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoyed being with you tonight. And Lord willing, I'll be back next Sunday night for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. That will be Easter Sunday. Until then, God bless you, and good night. You are my Lord. You are my Lord.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.